0: hey
1: everybody welcome to the rotowire fantasy football podcast brought to you by the good folks at winbet w-y-n-n-b-e-t please go support them in the six states that I have that available right now, and as they rapidly expand, they are our exclusive sponsor for our podcast. Chris Liss, Jeff Erickson here. We are excited. We had our big NFFC draft weekend. Uh, I did the NFFC Classic, the 14-teamer, in the morning in Vegas, and then I sat in on Liss's draft in the afternoon, the 12-team primetime draft. Uh, Chris, good weekend, good draft weekend. Uh, how did everything go for you?
2: I mean, I was happy. I, I didn't like my slot four. It was my, you know, one of my last slots that I wanted, um Mm -hmm. but i felt like i made the best of it i went exactly as i thought it would go basically Mm -hmm. i mean and it was almost scary like it actually made me feel kind of good because like i felt like these guys were drafted off my cheat sheet for a couple of rounds like literally i'd have five guys queued, and out of the next seven picks those five guys would go in like the sixth round you know not like yeah in the second round um and i was like wow they're just taking all the guys i like but i guess that's good that means i like the right guys um but i felt good you know i got the guys i wanted i was aggressive where i needed to be i was cautious where i needed to be i felt like you know i mean we won't know till the season really starts but um i was happy with it i feel like it was it was a hard draft but it was i was prepared and i got the guys i wanted i i liked your draft i think you got a better team than me for the format you got a 14 team format but i was you know i I felt like i did as well as i could have with the slot that i had
1: yeah so let's start off you went you started out at four like you said one of your least favorite spots third round reverse that's key and a uh, normal snake draft four isn't that bad. You get a pretty good guy in the third beginning of the third round that you're right. pretty happy with. Yeah, uh, it's the third round where it really you really start to feel it. Um, now the, the the plus side is you get a guy you like theoretically up at the top, but you know the, there's some enough risk between four and twelve that there. You know a lot of people say there's not that much of a gap. What say you on that?
2: I mean, I hear you. I, I mean, it's certainly by the ADP. That's true. Right. I mean, I took Taylor. Yeah. I've seen Taylor go in the second round. Um, I, you know, you, you see like, you know, Eckler went 11th. Right. He sometimes could go for Kelsey went 10th or um, Zeke Elliott went eighth. You know, they go four sometimes. So um, it's kind of a crapshoot. I think four is where the draft starts. Right. It was McCaffrey, Cook, Camara, Camara after the Winston uh, was announced as the starter. It's kind mm-hmm. of the no brainer. Number three or even number two. And then the draft starts and the guy I like best is Taylor. I got to take him. He's not going to be there on the way back. He's the guy I like best. Um, And then I was like, I'm going to get AJ Brown. I was telling everyone that's who I'm getting. Uh, I thought for a second I might get Chubb who went uh, a pick before me, but of course he went and all the guys went, you know, I mean, when I, when I got to it, my pick is basically Brown. Like if you have my list, you're getting Brown every time because you're looking at Jefferson, Diggs, Aaron Jones, Ridley, Harris, Barkley, Hopkins, Chubb, Brown. With like four of those guys to go, I was like, "Oh, at worst, I'm getting Hopkins. At worst, and mm-hmm. I'm probably getting Brown. And if I'm lucky, I'll get Barkley or Chubb. Who you know, I missed by a few picks, but you know, I it just happened exactly the way I thought it was going to happen.
1: Yeah, and that's good. I mean, it's good that you at least you could predict what was going to happen, but it's bad because you didn't get a windfall. Uh, and that's just the, that's the thing. I mean, it's sometimes at these NFFC drafts you do because it's a get your guy sort of draft. Unfortunately, no one thought their guy was a guy that was below what you wanted. I mean, it was very right. formful. Nobody
2: grabbed, right. If anybody took, um, you know, Darren Waller or right. CH or Mixon, and I've seen all those guys go mid second, um, especially Mixon, uh, yeah, you know, then I get Chubb or, you know, depending on who it was or Barkley or whoever, um, but uh, maybe I just have a choice between Brown and Hopkins and I would have taken Brown anyway. But um, I knew that was what I was getting. And I'm not like mad about it. I'm fine with A.J. Brown. I'll, I'm perfectly happy with that. But it was just like, man, I would have loved to get Nick Chubb or Saquon Barkley there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that's the thing that you're just, you know, it's funny. I, I'm i sitting at 12 and I wanted Chubb in the first round. And right. you almost got him in the second. He went one pick ahead of me, though. It's like, uh, and. You know, and the thing is, like Nick Chubb, even in a PPR, he was like running back seven last year. I mean, it's like, yeah, you may not, you may, you may get frustrated because, like, oh, he could be so much better if they just threw him, threw it to him a little bit more. Cream Hunt steals from him all the time. And he still gets there, though, for you. That's the thing. I love that in a first round pick. You know, that he's just got that crazy high floor. Um, so Taylor Chubb start would have been sick. But I mean, again, I'm not
2: mad about AJ Brown. That's fine. That's who I expected. That's who I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fine with having a guy who could be, Wide
1: receiver one. I mean, he's that good. Right. That's, yeah. and so th- th- that's fun. You, you get that start, you're like, okay, let's go. Uh, let's do it that there. Uh, so you got your, your one, two that you kind of start, then you wait. You have to wait 12 more picks uh, because you are, uh, because you you're sitting more. there. Yep. Um, and, you know, again, it's formful. Lamb's gone. Allen's gone. McLaurin's gone. Allen, Allen Robinson's gone. Even God- Godwin.
2: Even Mahomes yeah. and Godwin, who I was looking at Mahomes and Godwin. I was like, I could consider those two guys.
1: Even James yeah. Robinson, who is like my third round guy a lot, he's gone. So, yeah, Montgomery, could-
2: right. So, my top two running backs that were left at that point and all of my top receivers were just taken away from me before yeah. that pick. And the crazy thing is that if I pick. Well, if I pick fifth, I probably get Taylor and Chubb, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if you pick 12th, you could possibly have gotten, say, um, the guy took Metcalf, could have gotten Metcalf, Taylor, and Brown. You know, I mean, like, right. you, you might get what my two first round picks plus DK Metcalf, right? I mean, it's like, right. you could have get that at 12. So it's, it's a tough spot, but it is what it is. So I take Deontay Johnson as the guy that I said I would get and that I wanted. Um, there were a bunch of receivers like him, Cooper Cup, Mari Cooper, Mike Evans that I kind of thought were all equal. Um, And I took one of them, the one I wanted most. So I just was like, okay, I'll get two receivers. Now I get Deontay Johnson and on the way back, Mike Evans is still there. If someone had taken Evans instead of Judy right before me, I might've taken Kyle Pitts. That was going to be my other pick, but I really agonized over it. I sat there, Evans or Pitts. And I was like, man, Pitts has so much upside. But I was like, you know, Evans is so good with a good quarterback. that He scores a lot of touchdowns. I'm like, I'm just going to take Evans. I I was, that was the conservative thing that I did. The only like really conservative play that I made was taking uh, Mike Evans over Pitts.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what though? I, you start off with three awesome wide receivers. Evans is in a really good offense. Uh, And honestly, it's only because team three who I was sitting next to, I was actually in Vegas sitting in your chair, basically announcing your picks to everyone. Team three, I was having a good conversation with. They they jumped Judy and because they knew. They, they wanted him.
2: Right. They were getting him on the way back. There's probably.
1: no way he's coming yeah. back. He's going yeah. at the end of the fourth. That's And that, I think this is an interesting discussion. But So they take him, and that slot's in Evans. That's the only reason why you get him because I think there is a drop-off there. Then you're going DJ Moore or Ayuk, or you're, you're finding that other wide receiver to jump. Uh, so it, it kind of dictates your strategy. Now, talking about these guys, Julie, Jerry Judy is a helium guy. Um, we'll talk about Marquez Callaway in my draft. He's a helium guy. LaVisca Chennault's a helium guy. There's certain guys that you're starting to see that are climbing the draft boards. If you happen to be that guy uh, or be on that guy, you know, do you jump in on that? Or how do you handle that when you know he's not coming back? Because uh, I, I had a similar situation where like, there's a guy really on, but if I don't jump him, I'm not getting him. And how do you handle that sort of situation? I mean, I think
2: there's two ways to handle it. You can jump him and make sure you get him, or you can do what Peanut does and say, give yourself a chance to get lucky and get him on the way back. Um, yeah. And I did that with uh, Elijah Moore. Although one could say I jumped him in round nine when I took AJ Dillon in round eight because I really needed a running back. I was I was worried I was going to miss out on more and I got lucky and I got him back. Um, so it just depends what you need. Um, but I think if you really like the guy the most, like it really, it's by far the best player left on the board for you. Go ahead and jump him. I can't fault. Team three for doing that because they wanted Judy. Yep. They didn't want to gamble on getting him back, which is unlikely. Um, and that's fine. It did give me Mike Evans. It cost me Kyle Pitts because if they take Evans, I snap
1: call Pitts there at four. Yeah. this is as a and, ceiling plan. Right. And I think I think you if you get your guy. Like I didn't end I ended up not getting Elijah Moore in my draft. Uh so here's where the ADP is useful. You know, the NFFC's ADP is great. You can sort just for the NFSC Classic. And there were two Classic drafts before I did mine on Saturday morning. I had a, a pick in the eighth round. You know, I, I could have, you know, I was at pick 110. That that was where my I was slotting. So my choice was jump Elijah Moore at 87 or hope he gets to me at 110. Well, he had gone at like 103 and 107, the two previous Classic drafts. I knew that waiting on him probably wasn't going to get him. And sure enough, he went two before me, you know, it's like he went as late as he's possibly going to go. And I still didn't get him. Um, so that, that as a thing, so do I jump him, uh, and, and pass up someone like DJ Chark? I decided not to, I decided that Chark was still. I would take, Chark. Chark.
2: I would take Chark. I mean, I love Elijah Moore's upside, but I think Chark has the upside and a little bit more floor. Yeah. um, I, I would do that. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, it's, it's not, it's like right. 52, 48, but I, I agree with that. I, I think, you know, it depends how much you want the guy, but usually, um, P and right that you, um, if there's a plausible chance, like 25, 30, 40%, uh, and it's close enough, take the value guy and hope you get both. Uh, and, uh, but if your guy is just by far, you know, the guy that you have to have, then go ahead and pay up. I think that's kind of the rule. You know, if you really need to have him, if it's just a guy that you like, you know, that you're hoping to get, get greedy and try to get both.
1: Yep. And I, I, I am, and, you, know, he, you know, Elijah, uh, a question asked uh, about Elijah Moore versus Crowder, for instance. Uh, well, you know, Moore is more of a deep threat, first of all. He um, you, you can make the big play where I, I think Crowder is more of a possession guy. I also think uh, Moore is going to get more targets than Crowder. I think he, you know, it, it's only Corey Davis that's assured targets is the way I look at it and is the way you wrote in the article, your article uh, about your draft. Uh, it is a crowded situation in in New York, but everybody is raving about Elijah Moore. Uh, everyone, you know, his teammates, his peers, AJ Brown, uh, Odell Beckham is raving about him. And yeah, you, this is all hype. It's a lot of hype. I understand that, but pure hype is one, you know, especially not the same team, pure hype something I'm going to buy into a little bit.
2: Yeah. I like that. And, and it just, you know, with the jets, like if it's either Elijah Moore is the real thing or he's not, if he's not, it doesn't matter if he is Jameson Crowder's not a problem. I mean, you can't get caught up in like, Oh, but Jameson Crowder's there. You know, as Mike Trout gets called up. Oh, but Bobby Abreu and Vernon Wells are still there. You know, right, no, it right. doesn't matter if Mike Trout's Mike Trout, obviously no one knew how good he's going to be. Um, those kind of, you know, mediocre veteran types are not going to block them. And you can't get worried about that. You just have to say, Either this is for real or it's not. If it's not, it's not really going to matter. I'm not going to want to use them anyway. I'll drop them. Um, if it is for real, there's no one on that team that's going to stand
1: in his way. That's right. Uh, before we continue breaking down Lissa's team and my team's uh, and the resulting dra- uh, surrounding draft issues, a quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet the premier digital casino and sports book app. Winbet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Winbet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into Winbet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. List has got a system for digital roulette, by the way. Yes, you I can do. ask him about that. It's a special article, though. Yeah. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. Winbet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At Winbet, the possibilities are limitless. Winbet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download Winbet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Winbet, exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. All right, Jeff and Chris here. We're talking NFFC. We're talking about some of the drafts. Uh, so you end you, know, you got your, uh, you got Mike Evans in the fourth. You know, you, you strongly considered Kyle Pitts, but decided to pass on wait Maybe wait, maybe see if you can get the tight end in rounds five or six.
2: Right. That was my idea. And the thing is, the reason I almost took Pitts over Evans is that I feel like I had a weak draft slot. As I said, you could get, there's going to be leagues where uh, a guy has Taylor and Brown in the second and third, and he's got, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Metcalf or Tyreek Hill or you know, Nick Chubb or whoever's his first round pick in addition. And I'm going to have Deontay Johnson instead of that guy. So um, there's going to be, I'm in a weak slot. So part of me was like, why not just swing for the fences? You know, like take some crazy picks like Kyle, but not crazy in round four, but take a guy that could just totally dominate. But I, I just figured, you know what, I'm going to just play it a little conventional. I'll go bigger later in the draft. So that was sort of my, that was sort of a,
1: uh, a decision point in round four. Sure. Interestingly enough, though, you didn't end up with you had two bites at the apple to try to get one of those tight ends and didn't take it. Right. Um, and, and that that's the thing that's in, a little bit interesting to me is to, to see is like what could you know what could you do here uh, that could make it a little bit different there. And uh, instead, you you took Miles Sanders in round five, and he and you know Josh Jacobs have been sliding a lot in these drafts as wide receivers get pushed up, as you know quarterbacks are starting to get pushed up. These are the running backs that get pushed down a little bit. You ended up with Sanders. You have a lot of Sanders.
2: Yeah, it's a really weird guy to have a lot of because he's very shaky. Like I'm counting on him and more than I probably want to. But in the end of round five, I just thought this is the starter on the Eagles. And this guy can catch passes. Um, he's, he may not you know have great hands, but he had 50 catches as a rookie. Um, he's the starter. He's the definite starter playing next to Jalen Hurts. He's going to get a lot of big runs. He's fast. He's um, He's explosive. He had really good stats. Wynn Hurts was the quarterback last year. He's the unquestioned starter right now. There's nobody... They're not saying it's him and Boston Scott. He's the guy. And I just felt like, you know, I've got Taylor, but that's one running back. And I just couldn't pass up the second running back. I just felt like it was him or Edwards. I, I just decided there are some running backs I like in this range. You know, jo- Javante Williams went. So Sanders and Edwards were next. And I like Henderson a little bit. Um, but I took Sanders over Edwards. That was the call. And Edwards went with the next pick. But I wanted the second running back... I just felt that was more important than the tight end. And then I might get a tight end in round six, but of course Justin Herbert's my guy. And I think Herbert might be QB one. I think the upside is so big with this guy and he's been going early seventh and I could have played chicken, taken Hawkinson or uh, Mark Andrews who almost made it back to me in round seven, but didn't quite a few picks away. Um, and I just said, you know what? Herbert's the guy I really care about more. Like I, I feel like Hawkinson yep. might catch 85, 90 passes, for, you know, 900 yards and five touchdowns. And Andrews might catch nine or 10 touchdowns with like 780 yards and 68 catches. But I just felt like having a 5,000 yard, 40 touchdown quarterback was the more important thing. So I took Herbert.
1: Yeah. The only thing you didn't do is pair Herbert with one of his receivers. Um, That, you know, I I would have like tried to find a way to get Mike Williams on your squad or even late going to Josh Palmer, maybe, or something. Somewhere where you have, like, if if he goes off and you have someone that rides along with him there, you have that combination. It's not necessary. I think it's a bonus. It's a plus. I, I you know, I think, you know, you're not taking him. I, I think you did the right. I mean, Mike Williams went a little bit before Elijah Moore, so you're fine. I mean, I, I would have taken Moore anyhow, too. I mean, right, I like If that. Williams
2: goes to round 10. But here, here's the thing is, like, Mike Williams, I like him. I like Mike Williams, but I've kind of soured on him when he was hurt again in camp. You know, he missed some time in camp, and I was sure. just like, you know, that guy just always hurt. Like maybe he stays healthy this year, but uh, it's been a while. He's been in the league. He's such a big dude. He, he lands hard. Um, he's good. Um, there's, there's definitely upside. I, I, yeah, I don't mind stacking if, if their values there, but I took Herbert and then round seven came and round seven was really a no man's land for me. That was like where Andrews is gone. That was a snap call. If he made it three more picks. Yeah. Someone, someone took Marcus Calloway right before me, which cracks me up. Oh, um, that's not even close to the, I know. I know. I know. We'll I talk, mean, talk about that. that. <laughs> so funny i mean maybe it's right but i have no idea you know sutton went early seven chark went antonio brown went so i was kind of like okay what do i do i was totally stuck um and it was either i figured like i would get another receiver um i thought about ronald jones but i was like it's and i just kind of just kind of impulsively took Pittman over devonta smith Um, with hilton out indefinitely i kind of feel like Pittman's. Gonna be the number one. And what if he's good in his second? Year? What if he's right? He's kind of like a Mike Evans type. What if he's actually really good? And I looked at Boyd, another guy who slipped, and I couldn't pull the trigger on Boyd. That that was what it actually came down to: is Boyd or Pittman? I, I was like, oh yeah, Boyd's a, an easy eighty-five catches. and I was like, thinking about it, and I was like, the Bengals' offense might have offensive line problems. And I'm like, and there's those other two guys. I was like, nah, I can't take Boyd. The safe thing. And if he's seventy-five catches for nine hundred yards and six touchdowns, that's gonna be a real waste. So. I kind of, I got more aggressive. This is where I started to push it a little bit with Sanders, uh, Herbert early Pittman. I started to like go a little more upside. Sure.
1: I, I see it uh, for what it's worth team three next to you. That was when they, they started cursing your name. I mean, nice. I'm sure they cursed your name many other times in life, but yes. and for, in this draft in particular, they cursed your name a little bit there. Uh, they, I think they got you back, uh, later on in the draft, but, uh, you know, it was, it was in our, oh, and I, I remember exactly where it was. It was, uh, yeah, you know, with the they got you with Jamal Williams later on. Um, and that was big because there's like three running backs you wanted all in a row that just got snagged. Like,
2: yeah. So yeah, so round eight, I take AJ Dillon because I've just got Taylor and Sanders and I need a third running back. So Dylan, I think, is gonna be a co-starter with Aaron. He's a second round pick, Dylan. It wasn't like some guy they picked up. I mean, it's a guy that pedigreed guy that they pushed up to get and You know, he's going to get a lot of carries. And Aaron Jones is not like a a workhorse, really. He gets like 220 carries. He doesn't get 260. Mm -hmm. But Dylan's going to get a lot of work. But then I wanted, you know, and and then I was like, uh uh-oh, the Dylan pick might have cost me Elijah Moore, who I was like buying into the hype. And it went all the way back, and I got him. And I was very relieved. Okay, good. I got my two guys. But now I need another running back. And there's all these running backs. Zach Moss. I don't really like Drake. But Fournette, I like. Connor, I like a little but it was really Moss, Fournette, Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams may be the starter. Um, and they all went right in front of me, just like in order. And my guy Landry. So the six picks were just like took away everybody I was interested in. So I reached a bit, but uh, I took Ramondre Stevenson because all the good stuff I said about Damon Harris because of Cam being released and Mac Jones getting the job also applies to Stevenson, who looked like a monster this preseason. Yeah. And even if Harris is the starter, which he probably is, um, you know, he can get hurt, and then Stevenson's probably the guy, but. I don't even know for sure. You know, with Belichick, it wouldn't be that surprising if, if Stevenson got 18 carries in week one and Harris, Harris got like 10. I mean, it wouldn't be a shock. I mean, there's no announcement of
1: who's the top guy. Right. You just have to be lucky to find the right week to start him. That's the only thing. You know? And hope that it coincides with a week where you're not using Taylor or Sanders or something like that. Uh, but, no, you know, but that's the no point with also- all these running backs, though, at this point.
2: Well, no, but yeah, exactly. Pollard went in the same round. I mean, he's a backup, you know. And yeah. Gio Bernard went in the same round. And Naheem Hines, Stevenson, I think, has the best chance to be a starter. I mean, again, Harris is the starter, probably, right? But this is the Patriots, this isn't like some team where it's like, oh, the guy who's been there is of course the guy. Who the hell right. knows? You know, we, you know. So I took him as an
1: upside, another aggressive pick. Once I lost the guys that I want, I really wanted. Well, both Dylan and Stevenson have that potential, like. If they were the starter, they could be a top ten guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's what you're kind of looking for there. And both Dylan and Stevenson have a lot of helium right now. They're both climbing up draft boards. Uh, it, you know, they're, they're the one. they Dylan's been that way for a while, actually. He, he's one of the. And, and I think one of the things about Dylan too is you know, Aaron Jones has paid, gotten paid, and that actually skews in favor of Dylan a little bit because now the Packers have have an investment in right. Jones and they want to protect that a little bit. They can't just okay, we're just going to you you know, use, use him really hard here because he's going to be a free agent at the end. No, they, they're, he, he's part of the team for a while now. They, they have to protect him a little bit. And I think that skews in favor of Dylan a little bit. Uh, yeah, plus, Dylan never, can play. We've seen that he can play.
2: Yeah, Dylan might be good. And the other thing is Jones' career high in carries is like 220 or something, or 230. It's not, he's not a workforce. Right. Last year, he had 201. Two years ago, 236 in 16 games. He's just not going to get a ridiculous workload. And um, I could see Dylan just, if he's good, if he's like, you know, running people over Derek Henry style, they're going to give him the ball. And I think they could turn uh, D- uh, Jones even more of an Alvin Kamara type where he's only getting 180 carries and getting, you know, 70 catches or 65 catches. And you see Dylan getting 230 carries, 220 carries, because right. that's, that makes sense. You know, why not smash them with your uh, early down bruiser and, let your, you know, when the guy's worn down and, you know, get your sort of talented three down back in there. So um, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that. He's my most owned player, Dylan. I got him in five leagues out of nine.
1: Wow. Wow. I have to, and I have to do my count. It's I'm in more leagues than nine, unfortunately, but, uh, and I say, unfortunately now, but I enjoyed the drafts and I enjoy playing different styles, but uh, still, and I still got my original league, my home league that started our company. It's still that drafts on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, before we uh, continue uh, looking at our leagues, uh, a quick note from our friends at Fancy Stand. Playing fantasy sports is so much fun, but once you dive deeper fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting lo- uh, loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, Baby Sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry in the co- uh, contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. For pick them, you simply pl- pick one player from each tier that they are presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results to see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand out from the rest. Come out as a high scorer. Get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit fantasystand.com to sign up today.
3: This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just 2 minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including calorie smart, protein plus, and keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner, Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal, pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Thanks to fancy stand. Thanks to our blue wire sponsors. Uh, we are back. We are discussing
1: our NFFC drafts. I post a link to Chris's article. Where he describes his team, uh, breaks down his team, uh, in the uh, chat. If you're following along right now, you can check out, uh, Chris's grid. I'll do, uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll set up the, uh, link for mine in a second here as well. We'll do that here. Uh, you know, quick, uh, you know, uh, quick uh, question about, uh, Julia asked about AJ Dillon. Uh, how's his hand? How's he, ca- He hasn't seen him catch any balls yet. Can you handle, can he handle third down? Uh, what, what's your thought on that aspect of him?
2: I mean, I don't think he's going to handle a lot of third downs unless, unless, uh, Aaron Jones gets hurt. And right. Even then, um, you know, is Kylan Hill going to get some third down. I don't know. So, um, I, I didn't get him for third down. I only have him projected for, um, about 15 catches. I got to look at what's this projection, 18 catches. So, um yeah i don't know i don't know if he can catch and uh but you know derrick henry doesn't catch nick chubb doesn't catch that much his upside is you know being gus edwards type that's sort of like the the bullish case is gus edwards and the very bullish case is you know one of those studs if something happens to aaron jones
3: yeah
1: yep that's right so yeah but again you're looking you know, you're looking for a guy that could be the starter there you're, you're hoping for that to happen uh couple other guys. By so, the yeah. way, this
2: commenter, uh, appendy Graft, is super annoying. He got, uh, he got Jonathan Taylor, Barkley, and A.J. Brown to start his draft, which is <laughs> like, oh my that's gosh. it. That's the nuts. You pick 12, Taylor and Barkley slip. This happens. This is not impossible. And then first pick around three and reversely so get A.J. Brown. That's what I'm talking about, how sick that is. But, you know, I was picking four. I had
1: to deal with what I had to deal with. But that's, that's unfair. All right. So you waited on tight end. And you waited. And then you waited some long, even longer. And got your guy Gronk in the 12th round. And then you yeah. backed him up with two others. I like that. I like how you handled it. You did what you said you were going to do. You were either going to go in the top two tiers or you were going to wait. You waited and got three.
2: Yeah, no way I was going to go Noah Fan. Although when Higby went after I took Stevenson, uh, I was a little bit like, ooh, I like Higby. But, yeah. um, okay, fine. Yeah, I was going to take Gronk in round 11. But I was like, you know what? I got to gamble. Chuba Hubbard has you know tons of upside if anything happens to McCaffrey. And then I took Gronk. He was there. Um, But Gronk is older and he's been hurt a lot. So um, I knew I was going to get more tight ends, but I still got Rieger who I like as a year two first round pick. who could go nuts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I want to get a second QB. Everyone gets a backup. And uh, unfortunately I didn't, I didn't look and realize that he has the same bye week as Herbert, but I could probably pick up a nutless monkey like Sam Darnold during the bye week or something. But, uh, but the point is that, uh, I got Lawrence because I couldn't turn down the value in 14. And then I got Komet and Ertz. So I felt like that was my weakest position. Obviously, I didn't start. I didn't take one to around 12. And I've got three guys who I think could be good. And I like the old tight ends. Ertz is only 30. You know, he caught 88 passes two years ago. Um, and he's having a good camp. So I, I think he's got upside. I think Komet is a second-round pick who um, is in a very thin receiving core right now. So I, I like them both. And between those two and Gronk, I'm just hoping – uh, it's obvious by week four which one is the best because the worst thing that can happen and it's part of fantasy football is they're all pretty good, uh-huh. but you're, you're getting whipsawed and starting the wrong guy. And with three guys, I mean, you're
1: almost certainly going to get it wrong. Yeah, the, that is the downside to that there. Uh, you, you you want definition really quick. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned that the bye week issue for your quarterbacks. Yeah, you can you can get away with that a little bit in a 12 and a 14 teamer, you're kind of screwed a little bit because then you're looking at, you know, probably you, you, the, really drags. I mean, you're hoping what well, you're Rod Taylor, here.
2: you know, you're going to yeah. pick up Tyrod Taylor or someone like that, you know, for, for the week. But uh, again, like, um, it's pretty, it's not that bad though. Even the 14, you would think weeks ahead, you'd be looking for that QB weeks ahead and you'd be looking at the schedule and yep. you'd be planning out like pouncing, you know, on one that dropped, but yeah, this one, it won't be a big deal, but it just, it's just funny that I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, Oh wait, they got the same bye week Yeah, that's right.
1: Um,
2: All right. Any other observations from your team before we move on? Um, I liked it Uh, picking a kicker, (laughs) a decent kicker. Cost me uh, my guy Kadarius Tony. I sort of regretted that. Um, I uh,
1: I thought that uh, was like that was a token mistake, Uh, only because I don't think there's much separation between the Bucks and anybody else.
2: Well, it's team kicker though. Remember, so I I I do think a a really elite team that's like the favorite to win the Super Bowl. is worth getting the kicker, right? You want kickers on good teams, pretty much, because if they don't get field goals, they'll get touchdowns and extra points. Um, so I think there's some value in it. Uh, it's just that um, I just like Kadarius Tony, and I probably could have got the Buc- I might have been able to get the Bucks kicker anyway, uh, but I thought I could get Tony anyway. But then I get Elijah Mitchell. So if Elijah Mitchell's good. It actually helped me that I got the kicker. But personally, I would I was hoping for Tony over Elijah Mitchell.
1: Yeah exactly and I, that's why i i probably would have and i think you would have gotten mitchell regardless so i would have no and, and, I, was, I didn't want mitchell i want I'm, the guy i lost that was tony who i thought i was saying, gonna get. No, i'm saying you would have i'm saying you would have gotten mitchell in the 20th if you decided to take tony i was gonna A3. i was gonna get two. two I, I didn't care about
2: mitchell he was just the sub uh for yeah. tony i was gonna take two that's defenses
1: it. but i see um
2: but I, I just basically taking the bucks kicker cost me tony and got me mitchell whereas if i took t- uh, tony and the Bucks kicker was gone. I would have had some random kicker, right? Right.
1: Well, let's move on to my team. So we did. I did the fourteen teamer in the morning, and you wouldn't be. It, it takes six rounds for uh, make up that you know for a full round of players to drop. First of all, people when you when you're looking at the draft results there, and I posted the, the draft grid on that one, you'll see really quickly that the qualitative drop difference drops off really quickly when you're trying to do a, a team build. And that kind of informed some of my decisions. I didn't really want to have an extreme strategy. I didn't want to go like, okay, let's go three, let's go three running backs to start or three receivers to start. I wanted some balance. I think balance is important in a 14-teamer. Um, you know, it can work that you can do a, a heavy strategy. Team 13 next to me went three receivers, a quarterback, a tight end, and another receiver before he took this first running back. That might work. He was the only guy that did that. But can you make it that I can see the uh, grid? uh yeah i posted a link my, uh, on twitter okay yeah I'll i it did I, I posted it in the chat forum too and it's on twitter I, p- I posted a link to that there uh see if i can i'll send a uh, dm it to you there but uh, at any rate um yeah you you can see uh yeah you know, yeah you, you, i'll get it to you real quick here while we're talking. But basically uh what you're looking at, my article will be up on the site shortly after our podcast unfortunately I didn't have it didn't have time to finish it beforehand but uh, at any rate you're, you're picking you're picking 12 I'm picking 12 I wanted to pick late I want I was either wanted to go pick one get CMC because I think there is a big difference between him and cook um, or just go towards the back and 12th was my second choice overall I wanted I think I'm 12 13 14 11 something something of that nature because that You'll, you'll see that there's a big drop off in the third round and that's what, kind of what I was doing. Now, of course, I think there's, uh, you know, there's another drop off at like the four or five after that, but I, I, I was pretty happy with my choices at 3.3. Although that was one of the important things I was trying to do is make sure I had a, had, had something lined up the way I wanted to get there. So, um, you know, that, that is something I was looking at there a little bit. Uh, there we go. Sorry. Uh, bear with me there. Okay. Um, so that, that was something I, I, I really wanted to get a late pick, and I think it worked out the way I wanted to. So first round, though, I had mapped out the first round, and I was like, okay, pie in the sky, Taylor. Of course, he's never going to slip. Second choice is Jones. I would love to get him. Third choice is Nick Chubb. I might get him. There's a pretty good chance. There's a good There's chance. A good I would have
2: said you were a favorite to get him.
1: Yeah. If all, all else fails, Tyreek Hill, I'll still be pretty happy. Well, Taylor went fifth. Okay, he's not going late anymore. Uh, that's just not happening. Aaron Jones, he goes ninth. Like, ah, okay. Kelsey goes 10th. It's kind of relieved. I like Kelsey and I'm willing to take him, but I really didn't want to have to. I'm like, all right, Nick Chubb, it's coming. Nope. Right before me, Nick Chubb goes 11. All right. Tyreek Hill it is. Uh, not, not, nothing too controversial there. Uh, you could, I could have gone Barkley there. I could have gone if I want, or Gibson, if I really wanted to pull the running back, I didn't. Diggs and Gibson go, then Hopkins and Ridley. And here I am. We talked about this before at 217, 2.3. Now, do I take the windfall in Barkley? This is where I'm put to the test. Um, I thought I was willing to do it, but I also have Metcalf available to me. And I was really, I really love Metcalf. You love Metcalf. We, we've talked about this before. At the end of the day, I couldn't take Barkley. I just couldn't do it. I, I know the news is on him is actually pretty good. It looks like he's going to play in week one. Yep. They have a short turnaround in week two. They did say he's going to be limited in Week One, though. They did say he's not going to get that full workload. I just don't want to take that with my first back. I just, I just couldn't do it, especially when Metcalf was there. If hot, if it's Hopkins versus Barkley, you take Barkley. I think, take, I, think, I, think I think it was I take Metcalf. Barkley. I
2: think it was Metcalf is such a beast that you were like, I yeah. can't turn this down for something I'm not 100% sold on. And I, I get it. I would have taken mm-hmm. Barkley, but I can't. I can't really knock you for Metcalf because he's so he has so much upside himself. I just look at Barkley and I think. Let's say he wasn't limited. Let's say they just gave him a clean bill of health and like he's good as new. He's fine. Let's say they right. spun it that way. He is what he is, right? So they call it fine or they're being cautious or whatever they call it. He is able to play in week one. So he's healthy. They may ease him in, but he's able to play. That's the key. And um, where would Barkley go with, with a clean bill of health? Let's say his knee injury was re- resolved by March, and there was no question about this all summer that he was practicing in full, all you know, yeah, he's right. fine, he's good as new. Let's say it wasn't even a yeah, so let's say it was a, a more minor injury, you know, like a hand injury that kept him out all year or something. And, and that, you know, he's good as new. He'd be going in the top three or four. I mean, it's Barkley. He was going second last year. He got hurt in week one, early week two, nothing really changed. He had a bad week one where he got stuffed, So maybe people remember that, but he's a top five guy that. for sure. For yeah. sure. You know, if, if he has a clean bill of health. So you're getting like a pretty big discount in round two of a 14 teamer uh, based on, Oh, we're going to ease him in. You know, to me, like because he's healthy, like he wouldn't be playing if he was. He's not. They're gonna let him play if he's not completely healthy. It's just they might want to just, you know, just because you're supposed to do that. I don't know. And I think he could get back to full speed in two three weeks. So, um, I would have still taken Barkley, but I really can't knock a Metcalf pick. I think that Metcalf so easily could be wide receiver one.
1: Yeah. That's that's the way I viewed it there. By the way, I wasn't the only one that passed up on Barkley. The next two teams also passed up on Barkley. CeeDee Lamb went 18th overall. Uh, over Allen, over Jefferson, over A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. I mean, that that's faith in your guy. That's getting your guy right there. And then Najee Harris went ahead of Barkley, too. Well, uh, Najee so- Harris, I can see.
2: So Najee Harris is going to get, you know, 270 carries and 50, 60 catches. I mean, there's Najee Harris is like... That's an easy call, you know. I mean, Najee Harris yeah. could easily go where Chubb went, or Aaron Jones went, or Eckler went. Mm-hmm. So, that that just shows how how fluid it is in these couple of rounds. But yeah, I, I love Barkley uh, where they got him there.
1: Yeah. So the only thing for me though is now I'm starting the draft with two receivers, uh, which you know it's okay. It's just it, it, it's you get out of the first two rounds and you kind of don't want that running back. But I got my running back in the third round. My I got James Robinson in the third. Uh, I took him over Godwin. I took him over David Montgomery. If I I was looking for a different running back, the choice for me was really Robinson versus Montgomery. Part of me really wanted Chris Godwin uh, because it would have been a six start Hill, Hill Metcalf Godwin. Great start. Uh, But I also, I just, I I really wanted that, 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 that possible three down running back. I know Carlos Hyde could be the fly in the ointment, but I don't see him being a pass catcher. I, I see Robinson having clear production. I know he's not, you know, Urban Meyer's guy, but I mean, the guy produced, he's good. And, you know, with no ETN, he's, he's going to catch some passes. I know Hyde's not going to catch those passes. So I, I'm pretty confident he's a three down back and that's yeah. why I went with him.
2: So I don't love that. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad pick. I would have gone Godwin. Yeah. Beyonce um, Johnson, one of those two, um, just to just play, you know, if you're going to lean into that receiver, start lean all the way into it. Um, zero RB that shit. Um and, you know, I, I do like, you know, guys like Gus Edwards, Damon Harris, um, Miles Sanders. You got Sermon, who I really like in round six. So I think you could have zero RB'd it without, you know, being completely, you know, left in the lurch. Like the danger of zero RB is like Naheem Hines and Tony Pollard are your starters. Like that's, that's too far. Right. But yeah, you could have done it. Right. Cause you could have in round five, you could have taken uh, Miles Sanders. Oh no, you couldn't have in round five. He was gone. Um, right. So you, you gotta take him round four. So that's a Jacob Sanders. is a preference thing. I would have preferred Sanders, but it's fine. You obviously just I could have him.
1: gone Jacob Edwards, though I could have gone Jacob Damian Harris. That that's that's what yeah. I was looking at if I waited. So I mean, yeah. and I would have passed on getting the 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 that upper tier tight end. Right, that was actually the other real choice for me. Is do I take the tight end, the last of that tier? And I did. I like Mark Andrews a lot. I like him better than Pitts. I like him better than Hawkinson. Uh, so when it was, if it was. If it was Andrews that went, and I had to choose Hawkinson or another receiver or another another back, I'd probably pass on Hawkinson. Um, I've, I've kind of decided on that. When they at first, at first, I think I was higher on Hawkinson. I've just I've kind of scaled back my expectations of him just a little bit because I, I, I we are ta- you and I have talked a lot. Like, okay, he was kind of the game in town anyhow, and that that's what he did. Now right. maybe there's another level, uh, but I, I I think that. At, the, the the absence of name receivers doesn't necessarily foretell a big jump in production for a Hawkinson. Uh, I, I think we lost you get Marvin in that. Jones.
2: I mean, it's not like you know they Galladay, no, but Galladay wasn't there last year. He was out the whole year. Yeah. So the, so last year they didn't even have Galladay, and he had 67 catches in 16 games. You know, sort of like now the, the argument for him is he the eighth overall pick, and this is year three, so he might get better. Yeah. Um, and if he's better. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't think it's the only game in town as much. And maybe because golf is worse, it actually helps him because a lot of the worst quarterbacks lock in on the guy they trust more rather than a good quarterback that throws at the guy who's open. So, um, we'll see there's upside there. I love, I love Andrews. i have him ahead of Hawkinson. Andrews is sort of, if healthy, can't miss. He's going to get it seven, eight touchdowns. Right. He's going to get 800 yards. He's just really good. And Lamar Jackson likes him and the receiving core is decimated. So I like Andrews fine there. Um, I almost took him myself. And I really like Sermon in round six, so um, I think getting Sermon is important because you have two decent backs, but now you have a guy who can really be who,
1: who could be an RB one if you yeah. know if everything breaks right. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and it could fill in. And it's just you needed that extra back, so um, yeah. And it's also a fourteen team league, so you can't critique it like it's a twelve team.
1: Yeah, that that's right. Uh, a couple other observations, but first, a note from our friends at Vivid Seats. Preseason football has wrapped up, and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback, and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show that everybody's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid seats, experience it live. All right. Um, I, I mentioned earlier helium guys. We talked about Jerry Judy. He went at 4.8 in this draft. Keep in mind, that's a little later than it did. That's, it's more, it's later than you think it is because uh, there's four, three and a 12 in yours four eight in mine, but Marquez Calloway went 4.6 pick 48. Overall Marquez Calloway, you know, he he's been established as the number one guy for now in new Orleans with Michael Thomas out for at least the first six weeks. Traquan Smith was banged up in camp. We saw Callaway have a big training camp and a big preseason. That's two touchdowns against get against Jacksonville and made some really nice catches on those catches too. Uh, but wow, that's talk about getting your guy. That's getting your guy.
2: Yeah, he went like in round eight or seven in my league, and I didn't even yeah. consider it. Maybe six. Maybe he went round six. And I didn't even consider. I was like, oh yeah. He goes. I might be wrong. I had him really low. I bumped him up just to like put myself more in line with the market slightly, but you're not going to get him on my cheat sheet. Um, he, there's nothing physically remarkable about him. He's six-two, two hundred five. Ran a four-five-five, made some plays on a televised game in preseason. Um, Traequan Smith, who knows what his status is. He was could be out for the year. He could be back week one. Sean Payton doesn't say anything, so I'm just kind of like, all right. So here's the guy who's there for now. Before Michael Thomas comes back, um, maybe he'll get a ton of targets. I, I don't know. I, and so I just can't put him ahead of guys that I feel like I know. That, you know, guys like even I don't even like Tyler Boyd, but Tyler Boyd is going to get targets and catches. Brandon Cooks is going to get targets and catches. Um, What's Callaway's role for the whole year? I don't know. I ended up giving him a decent number, but it puts him at 49. So you're not getting him if you're using my list.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right um and in fact i know you're right because i keep scrolling to mark him off every time that yeah, yeah, he gets drafted. Yeah. like where is he same with cole beasley same with there, there's a handful of guys every time they go i'm like okay how low does chris have him here i, I like that because i always use our draft tool right and it's your projections and so i was like okay scroll scroll there he is okay fine corey davis i mean thing. beasley
2: i like i think Beasley's is a good player he's you know mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's just no ceiling you know and there's gabriel davis there with digs and there's also uh, what's his name, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the old guy, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, right? right is there, right. and I guess they have not much of a tight end, and they don't throw to the backs much, so it's always just those four guys. But mm-hmm. I guess maybe I mean Beasley to me, like his ceiling is like Jarvis Landry is the ceiling, or it just doesn't seem very exciting to draft that guy.
1: Yeah. So wide receivers are a big focus of this. You know, there's a lot of these guys that are getting pushed up. I wanted Elijah Moore in the eighth. I missed by two, but I got Mikel Hardman, who was another guy that's kind of a helium guy. I Actually, earlier in draft season, I had Hardman ranked ahead of more, and that still might be right because it could be the number two in the Chiefs' offense. Well, number three option behind Kelsey, I guess you could say. But number two wide receiver, uh, I mean, are you back in the Chiefs, or are you back in the Jets. You know, I think I'd rather back the Chiefs. Uh, I, I believe it or not, I think I made a mistake in the ninth round when getting Trevor Lawrence. Even though I have Chark and Robinson, I like Lawrence a lot. There was only one other team at that point that hadn't drafted a quarterback. And wide receivers were starting to dry up. You, you know, I, I think in a 14 teamer, you don't realize how quickly they dry up. I could have taken Michael Gallup there, I could have, or Rondale Moore, or Hollywood Brown, you know, whoever your guy is there. I think it dries up pretty quickly after that. And I, I think I could have taken my chances. Burrow and Mayfield went in the intervening picks. Who knows? Lawrence might have been in there for me in the 10th round. I, I think there's a diff- qualitative difference like Michael Gallup and Jalen Rager, who I ended up with in the 10th.
2: Well, Rager in some ways has more upside than Gallup, but Gallup is in a 14 really valuable because yep. he's almost certainly going to get like 900 yards and six or seven touchdowns if, if he's healthy. And I, I kind of agree with that, that, um, that that's just, that's worth taking, and you should have gambled on the QB, especially because even if you miss out on Lawrence, it's not the end of the world, right? It's not like right. a must have guy. I mean, I like Lawrence, right. I think there's upside. Um, but you know, you could have got you know, you got Matt Ryan in round 13. Um, uh, where did Cousins go around 14? So, um, I think those guys are perfectly fine if you're not, you know, Lawrence, if he runs a lot, is gonna could do a lot better than those guys, but mm-hmm. a he might have been there, and b it wouldn't have been, you know, devastating for you to have missed him.
1: Yeah, that's that's why I uh, think. Yeah, that, that's why I think I, sh- I would have waited on that. Uh, I took Lawrence over Burrow because uh, the coordination between, you know, the Chark and, and Lawrence. You kind of it's it's a bonus. Plus, I am worried a little bit more about the Bengals' offensive line. I think Burrow is great, uh, but I don't know if he's going to be able to step in the pocket confidently. And they're still trying to figure out the interior of that offensive line. You know, who who's the starters at both guard spots are still an issue for the Bengals. I don't think that's been completely resolved. Jackson Carmen, the guy they draft in the second round, might not even be the second string. You know, it, another whiff on a draft pick at at, at off, on the offensive line. Now it's early to call it a whiff. He could still be, he still could be good eventually. But he reported to camp out of shape. You know, things like that. It just it's frustrating to see. And I'm a Bengals fan. Just. For the, for the record here. So it, 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 I'm an anti-homer. For now. For now, you're a Bengals fan. Uh, if so, I haven't quit by now, I'm not going to. I mean, they've given me all the reason quit. in the world to quit.
2: Real man quits right away. Listen, the Giants are a really good team to jump to, Jeff. I'm telling you. Let's let's do this. One of these videos, we're going to convert you to a Giants fan. I'll convert you, man.
1: It's better. It's a better run organization. If I'm going it. to convert, it's going to be like to the Chargers or something. Someone local.
2: The Chargers are a team that uh, sold out their entire city. You can't be a Chargers fan.
1: I wasn't a San Diego guy, though. I mean, I know, although, but, but it's still you. It's, it's just a carpet it, bag you, owner. I get it. Yeah. yeah, you're right. One of the worst That's of the fair. worst. Can't be. A That's Charger actually trader. a good point. You're right. No. no Chargers. That's right.
2: I'll go. Yeah. I'll, I but see. The thing giants, is, like Giants is a great one to jump to because they haven't been good. So nobody. There's you know, too many you're, Giants. You're not like and, Stefania Bell, like you know, jumping on the Niners when they got good. You know what I mean? Uh, you're, you're you actually uh would be clean slate, bad team right now. No one respects the Gettle Chad. And you get in on the ground floor. It's a it's a good proposition. Think I about it. Jeff. I can't.
1: I can't. I can't go to the Giants. Yeah. I can't. Just can't. I don't like them. I dislike them.
2: Why would you dislike uh, the Giants? The Giants are the annoying. <laughs> you know, it's just because of me that you don't like well, the Giants. <laughs> the yeah, they
1: are annoying, Chris. They. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It's only because of me, because <laughs> otherwise right. they're they're not annoying at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, we'll we'll leave that aside. It's weird. You had to run. I was just looking at this: Stafford, Lawrence, Burrow, Mayfield. It's so a run on number one overall pick quarterbacks in your yeah. life. It's like all the yeah. guys who win number one. Um, I I like Lawrence. I think if Lawrence is healthy, um, he can't really fail. I mean, when have we seen a guy, you know, Andrew Luck was a monster his rookie year. When have we seen a guy who's like the guy, the generational guy fail in most sports? I mean, you look at like, you know, LeBron when he came out and it's like right. LeBron. I mean, I'm talking about the generational guy, you know, not just like, oh, he's good. He's the number one prospect. Right, right, right. Yeah. Lawrence has been the number one pick for three years
1: running. You know, it's like we've known it's coming. When
2: do we, you know, that's why I I like Pitts too. It's not like, oh, it's OJ Howard. Look at, you know, stud tight end who didn't do anything in college, but he's big and fast and looks really good. Um, I, I just feel like this is if once the game starts he's going to be really good it's like if you're that it, it's kind of like kickers and defense right like we only deal with the extremes we only get the, the guy that's on the best team and kicks 58 yard field goals otherwise wait except what i did well i got him like the 18th round but still um you know or defense it's like don't take the sixth defense in the 14th round or the 16th round like just wait once the elite ones are off and it's kind of like with these overall prospects it's like the elite generational guys are different like they just so rarely fail. They can get hurt, obviously. But if they're healthy, they just don't really fail very often. And yeah, it's so Lawrence to me. And and this day and age, the quarterbacks are good out of the gate. You know, it's not like this three-year waiting period. So um I'm on board with it. And if he's good, you're not going to care that you moved up, reached around. Right.
1: Right. Right. I did back him up with Matt Ryan, who's going to throw the ball a ton. Get the yep. one veteran to go with the rookie. Yep. Uh Hopefully, you know, it squares up well with bye weeks and, and all, all that. So kind of kind of ha- handle it that way. Um, overall, I like the team. And it, it's, you know, the second half of the draft, I mean, those are important picks. We, we haven't really kind of de- de- delved into them too much. But I also got Gronk. Uh, I got the Broncos defense, which there's a big defensive run in round tough, 14. Tough week one matchup for the Broncos, though, Jeff. Yeah, G-man. That's one of the reasons <laughs> why. I, yeah, I might become a Broncos fan. That's who I could become. up. Uh, The Broncos lame, a lame fan base. Yeah, Uh, that's that's not true. They're they're a crazy good fan base. Yeah,
2: I don't know. They'll go with the Broncos. If you reject the Giants, you can't go to the Broncos. We smoked the Broncos in that Super Bowl, too. Broncos are soft. Yeah, you see what I mean about annoying? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. But let's look at all the overlap we have. You and I both have, um, we both have Lawrence, Rieger, Hubbard, Gronk. All four in a row. Yep. And then we both got. I got Elijah Mitchell late too, just because. I, you know, the thing about Elijah Mitchell, he runs like a four three something, four three three forty. Mm-hmm. And if and when Moster gets hurt, okay, Sermon's the guy. But like, actually, Elijah Mitchell can just do the Moster role. You have this back that when the hole opens up in the zone uh, blocking scheme, this guy can, you know, take it seventy yards. And it's like the he's like the perfect fill in for Moster. He's like the only guy as fast as Moster. So. Um, I just think he's interesting late also in an unsettled backfield because they got rid of Goldman. They kept Elijah Mitchell. And so yeah. sermon might be good. He might not, you know, we don't know. And, and most very fragile and that's the third guy. I mean, James Hasty's around too, but you know, I, I think Mitchell's kind of a good last round flyer.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing is there, you know, there's four, all four uh Niners backs were drafted. I got two of them and, uh, and, and another team got uh, uh, got two of them as well, and so that was kind of interesting that we kind of played it that way. Uh, you know, it's 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 Hasty versus Mitchell and Sermon versus Mostert basically. It's it's kind of funny. Neither of us got like the top two. I mean, but you, that's the thing is you can't get Sermon and Mostert really. I mean, you could, but I don't think it's a smart play because you're you're taking away a guy. You don't you, you don't want you're not going to start both of them in a given week. You don't want I mean, to.
2: you could, in, a, in a, you know, like against the Lions week one. But um, I yeah, I, I, it's not great. Uh, but actually, it could be good if if one of them gets hurt, you know, and mm-hmm. but I, I think the Niners are going to have sort of a rotation anyway. The only guy I think could handle it might be Sermon. And we don't know that, but that he's younger and bigger. And, uh, you know, most of it's really light. So, I think Sermon, I think that's why he's appealing is that he could be the 250 carry, 45 catch guy. Whereas Mostert, I just don't think he can do it. I got into an argument with Dalton on the podcast. We were arguing because he was saying Mostert had upside. And I was basically saying, well, I don't think he can get enough carries to get upside. And he's like, but if he did have the carries, which is true. But I just think it's like, there's no way he gets 200 carries. So, um, I think Sermon's definitely the the guy you want out of those two.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's the way I feel about that, too. I, I, yeah, I, I don't mind taking Mostert a little bit later than Sermon, just to, if that's what's available. In this case, though, Mostert went ahead of Sermon, so by about a round. So Ken Magner, by the way, is the guy who took him, and Ken Ken's a good guy. I know him from baseball too, uh, so it was fun to kind of draft with him. He's also a Bengals fan. The other Bengals fan that's oh. in, in this world. So no, I thought Clay
2: Link wasn't Clay Link a Bengals fan? Eh, I know and he's also, a Reds uh, fan. I don't think uh, he cares. Uh, I thought I it was a he Bengals fan. The Bengals. And then what he about Andre Ellings?
1: The professor is a banger. Yeah, a we're, we're, we just doubled our, our, our in number there. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. Yeah. All great. right. Uh, any other parting thoughts before we sign off today, Chris? No, uh, I'm happy with my
2: draft. I'm excited for the season to start. I'm sure it'll be very miserable when all the things that I thought aren't actually true. And, you know, I got to deal like everything every year. Um, but um, this is the best time. This is when everything is still intact, except Travis Etienne.
1: Yeah. And we're about to start our Regular rotation. Uh, We'll do Guess the Lines tomorrow on SiriusXM. Uh, Value Meter comes out. Uh, We'll be doing staff picks again. Uh, You know, lots of stuff there we're going to be hitting up. So looking for that Survivor talk on the show this week. So very looking forward to uh, all that. So it should be a lot of fun. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks to Winbet W Y N N B E T for uh, their exclusive sponsorship of the RotoWire podcast all fall. Uh, we got uh, Joe and Jake with uh, coming at you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.
4: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain—maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected.